0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about demographics and how it affects real estate on a global basis. Most Western economies have declining birth rates. The population of the world is growing, but the countries that lead the world in population growth are countries like India, already at a billion and a half people, and having surpassed China in population as the most populous country on earth. But it's not just about absolute population, it's also about fertility rates and migration. It takes a fertility rate of about 2.1 per woman in order to maintain population constant. Declining birth rates in many parts of the world have resulted in shrinking populations. National averages are just that, they're averages. Some areas are hotter than others. For example, some cities like Austin, Nashville, Salt Lake City have traditionally enjoyed high rates of migration. They're currently oversupplied due to the amount of new housing supply that's entered the market. You need to look at all of these factors together. Demographics, migration, and supply. It's no secret that Japan has a low fertility rate. When you combine that with very low immigration, it's no surprise the population of Japan is shrinking at about half a percent a year. There's a reason why there's more than 8 million empty, abandoned homes in Japan. You can buy a vacant home in Japan for under $30,000. The fertility rate in the U.S. is also low and falling. It's at 1.6, far below what's required to sustain population. Fertility rate in Canada is 1.48. Italy at 1.3. Spain is at 1.3. Were it not for immigration, population in these countries would be falling. In fact, in Italy and Spain, it is falling. Countries with the highest fertility rate are in Africa. They include Niger at 6.9. Democratic Republic of the Congo at 5.9, Chad 5.7, Nigeria 5.4, Pakistan at 3.5, Afghanistan 4.5, Syria 2.8, and Iraq at 3.7. All of those countries have vastly growing populations. Russia's population is shrinking at a rate of minus 0.2% a year. Low fertility rate combined with the fact that people are not lining up to move to Russia means falling population. China's population is now shrinking after decades of a one-child policy. And when you add immigration and fertility together, you get a full picture. Spain's population is shrinking at 0.08% per year. Portugal at minus 0.23% per year. Italy at minus 0.28% a year. Even economic powerhouse Germany is shrinking at 0.09% a year. And that is the sum of the totality of fertility and migration. In our Western economies, the U.S. is growing at about 0.6% a year, largely through immigration. Canada, on the other hand, is growing at a rate of about 1% a year, more than double the rate of the United States on a per capita basis. And last year, Canada admitted nearly the same number of immigrants as the U.S., despite the fact that Canada has about one-eighth of the population of the U.S. The net result is that vacancies in Canada are at historic lows. Canada, seen as one of the best countries in the world, from a quality of life perspective. The major cities in Canada have traditionally attracted the largest number of immigrants. Toronto has seen the majority of the nation's immigrants settle in the greater Toronto area, but Toronto's running out of developable land and costs in Toronto have made housing prohibitively expensive. We're now seeing immigrants move to other cities like Calgary, Montreal, and my home city of Ottawa. We're also seeing stress on housing in many tertiary markets. There are places where There is a strong manufacturing base, and they're simply out of housing. In my home city of Ottawa, rental vacancy is currently 1.3%, and it's forecast to fall to 1% by next year. Higher interest rates have suppressed new housing starts, and higher cost has pushed more residents into renting. While the vast majority of residents in Canada own their own home at 66.5%, the majority of new units entering the market are in the multifamily category, and they make up 80% of new supply entering the market. The story is very similar across many cities in Canada. It's like the entire nation is hovering between 1% and 2% vacancy. Toronto is currently 1.5% and falling, and single-family homes make up only about 10% of new construction in the Toronto area. Canada is not constructing enough homes or apartments to keep pace with the current rate of immigration, and it's no longer a question of affordability. It's rapidly becoming a question of availability. Last year, Canada admitted 950,000 people. That's similar to the number of people admitted to the United States, which is much larger, and it's got greater ability to absorb population. Canada admitted 130,000 refugees last year, and the U.S. admitted 25,000 refugees, at least according to official figures. Canada has a much lower percentage of second homes than the U.S. A colder climate means that Canadians seek a second home usually someplace warmer, like the southern United States. All this means that Canada needs a lot more homes than virtually any other advanced economy on earth. Our company has stayed away from investing in our home market because we found it expensive. We found Canada to be a more difficult place to do business than the U.S. We saw more diversity of opportunity in the U.S. But that's changing. We're now seeing increasing opportunity in Canada to the point where it makes more sense to invest here than ever. It often makes more sense to invest than some of the traditional U.S. growth markets that frankly are oversupplied. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.